All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fearless, Inspired, and Free, um, my podcast where I talk to fabulous women uh, that live across the U.S. and hopefully one day across the globe. But uh, I like to have conversations uh, with people who are doing great things and people who have great stories, uh, particularly women. So today I have Dr. Carletta Griffin, Carletta E. Griffin. She is the CEO of Dominion Disability Advocates, LLC. Um, it serves the greater Detroit area and nationally to advocate for clients seeking social security disability benefits. But she's also an adjunct faculty at the University of Detroit Mercy. And more recently, due to her work in the um, disability advocate role, she is the most recent National Association of Disability Representatives member of the year. Okay, and so for 2021, she was recognized for that great work. Um, what I found interesting about Carletta is that she is a entrepreneur. She's also, you know, working as a professor. She's a mom. She's a, a wife. I mean, she's just so many things. She sent me this bio over and at the end she says, oh, and by the way, in my spare time, uh, I like to, you know, dabble in aesthetics and real estate in her spare time. So we're going to figure out how someone who's doing so many things has the spare time to do that. Uh, but again, I, I, I have to just really be in awe of the fact that even though she's very busy, I guess these are passions and she makes time. So, you know, especially with it being, you know, Mental Health Awareness Month and people talking about self-care and taking care of yourself, I guess she has really learned to com compartmentalize that. Uh, Carletta, I think the first question I have, and I have many, but you are Dr. Dr. Carletta Griffin, and what was, what did you study and what are you a doctor uh, or in? Awesome. Well, first of all, um, Dana, I'm truly honored to be on your show. Um, I just, you know, we share background that goes years back. So this is truly an honor to be among the fearless, inspired, and free company. Beyond that, I have a doctorate in management and organizational leadership. Um, I acquired that in February of 2013. And that's, you know, my, my wheelhouse pretty much as an adjunct faculty. I teach leadership and management. Um, those are my core I'm at the core of my studies, and so it's neat to give back to the next generation of leaders and entrepreneurs, and those make fantastic. it fun. Fantastic. It sounds like you, uh, your studies um, gave you the foundation to be at who you are at your core, which is a servant leader, and yes, we did meet early on, I think it was 2013, 2011, somewhere yeah. around there, between yeah. those two years. Yeah, I think you're right, 2013. Okay, so <laughs> time flies. So it was a coaching certification. And so uh, I knew that uh, when I asked you to be on the, on the show that you are a servant leader. Um, but, you know, we're going to get into how that looks like it's been at your core, probably for your whole uh, journey there. So management and organizational leadership. Um, so again, servant leader. Now let's take it back. Normally what I do is I let folks just tell me their story. So starting from young, you know, growing up, some of the things that influenced you, but you know, what was your childhood like? You know, how did you come to be Dr. Carletta? So 
Tell me about early on. Oh, that's awesome, Dana. Um, and I love that you mentioned this core factor because I feel like my core has been developing for all of us um, since childhood. Um, mom and dad were very, um, very active in the church. But from the time I was two, my dad was critically ill. Um, you know, like I have memories. He ultimately passed away when I was 13, but I ultimately have memories of the church being our center. And so that really frames my values of faith and family because that was our center as a family. Um, so my mom would leave the house every day, a passionate Christian woman who did everything in the church from Sunday school. Um, so I would say my first lessons of service began with my parents and modeling, you know, their example or having their example. Um, and even though my dad was critically ill and, you know, he had to be home and draw a disability, he was very much a Mr. Mom. And I'm named after my dad, Carl. And a little known fact that my sister actually brought to my attention, I had to be like I was 12. She goes, oh, Carletta, your dad's name is Carl and you're Carletta's and Carl means strong leader. So you're a little strong leader. Oh. And my older sister didn't know, but she was sowing an incredible seed in my life by like giving my me the meaning of my name. And it just kind of changed the trajectory of my life for that moment. Um, even though my father was critically ill, he was a man of very strong faith. And until the day he died, he served his church and his community um, very passionately. And my mom did too. Um, they were people of prayer and that's really framed my life. Nothing happens good in my life without prayer and a relationship with God. So I have to say those are where my roots started and really learning the meaning of my name and walking into it. I had my first leadership lessons in church serving, you know, you talk about servant leadership. I learned those lessons, you know, at the feet of some really um, incredible um, people beyond my parents, um, you know, in our faith family, as I would call it. So that's where my beginning started. Dana. <laughs> that, that's a, that gives me a lot of insight um, to where you are today, because it, I, I really, one of the first, first things that popped in my mind when I was thinking about your uh, Dominion Disability Associ uh, Advocates was, you know, why that area? Why did she pick that? You know, why is that a, a passion of hers? And then uh, something that she does for people. And I really do see that that's, it started with your dad. It sounds like it's, it sounds like he really um, might have, although you, you are the little strong leader, um, it sounds like maybe some of the, the things he struggled with and some of the things you saw it may have planted a seat for you later in life. And you know what, absolutely, Jane. And I didn't make that connection myself until, you know, years probably after I started my business. But, you know, I again have to give credit to both of my parents. Yes, I was a I am a product. I'm a social security baby for a number of reasons. But were it not for those benefits, we our house would not have been able to maintain. You know, my father drew disability and as a result, um, I was able, you know, to, as a auxiliary um, beneficiary draw, and, you know, that's how we supported our family in addition to my mom's income. Beyond that, I know my mom sent us to college on those benefits after he passed away. But the irony in this is my mom retired after 40 years of government service, and her last stretch of time was with the Social Security Administration. So I worked for Social Security for eight years. My husband is still an employee. My mom retired at 2005, 2007. So around Sunday dinner, we talked Social Security talk, but it was very much a legacy um, that just kind of fell into my lap. I started out corporate America, climbed to the ladder very quickly and decided that 80-hour work weeks weren't for me. <laughs> and my mom was like, you need to give government, good, secure government job. 
And I did that for eight years, but I knew very quickly that I was called to be an entrepreneur and to um, govern my own time, if you will. Incredibly grateful for that time in government service, but it served as a launching pad for the business. So you're right, full circle, absolutely. It started with my dad and mom and those examples. Fantastic, what a nice story. Um, and one that obviously is gonna live on because you have uh, planted the seeds and you know now you have this organization that can grow and uh, go beyond. And it's a good, true testament to um, not just your dad, but both your parents and, and their service. And we're grateful for all the government uh, workers and, and services they provide, uh, me being a retired, uh, public servant myself. So yes, that, you know, that time we, we spend there was very valuable and it's not to kind of step away from those, uh, organizations that you realize all of the lessons and all of the things that you took right. from that, that help you go forward. So You're right I mean, on, Dana. just really, um, so you're, you're, you're learning how to be of service. You're building your faith foundation. You're growing up, obviously, in your teen years. Um, it's your mom you, and you, you have a sister, you said. Um, no, a younger brother. Mm-hmm. And a younger brother. And so you guys are just kind of making your way. Um, mm-hmm. And it had to be a little tough because it always is with the single, single parents. I was a single parent for many years and it's not easy, but it gives you the drive to, you know, kind of make sure that your kids do better and have better. And so it couldn't have been easy, but it it sounds like your mom did a phenomenal job. Um, She got you all off to uh, college, got you through high school. Um, And so at this time, obviously, because you tell me in your bio that you married your high school sweetheart. So somehow, somehow, or sometime in between this time, (laughs) you meet up with your now uh, current love of your life. And so that, um, but still, it seems like though, even if you met, you know, cause sometimes in teenage relationships, you can get deterred. You can just get all kinds of off your path. It sounds like though you stayed on that path. And so was this supportive or how did this go having? Um, Dana, you ask incredible questions. And I have to tell you this quick story. Cause my mom went into super, I don't know, craze mom mode. Like she went into mommy daddy mode after my dad passed away. And I, I'm, I'm thankful that I had him those formative years because he passed when I was 13. But my mom did not let up. It was not, you know, I, getting deterred was never the option. It was understood, never stated. You will at least get a four-year degree. I mean, and my sister set the path. Like she knew in fourth grade that she wanted to be a journalist and she's, you know, making her mark in incredible ways today. Um, but knowing how strict my mom was, we would, she made it a point on Wednesday nights that we would have family Bible study after my father passed away. And this one with a little trepidation, she would always say, well, what, you know, is your prayer request tonight? And this particular night, Dana, I was like, well, I'm going to be honest. I want a boyfriend. He doesn't have to be a boyfriend, you know, like a kissing boyfriend, just, uh, you know, a friend who happens to be a boy. And I was sincere. I wasn't holding anything back, but I took a big risk telling my mother. And to my surprise, she was like, Carletta, is that what you really want? And I was like, yeah, you know, expecting something else from her. And she was like, okay, let's pray. And Dana, that Sunday, I met my husband at a church um, convention here in Detroit, Bailey Cathedral. Oh my goodness. I know. It almost brings me tears to talk about. Yep. Wow. So you had Wednesday night (laughs) prayer and, you know, Bible study with your mom. And by Sunday, 
you met who would be your husband down the line? Sunday, that's Sunday. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And how old were you at that time? I was 15 and he was 18. He had just graduated high school. Oh my God. I can't, I can't describe a better like love story. Like we met in this big atrium of this cathedral and I locked eyes with him and you have to know, I, I wouldn't even look at a boy, you know, in his face. He would tell you, I didn't talk to him like the first week. <laughs> I was so just that shy, but I knew like we both knew in that moment. Wow. And so just but I had to go away to school. Yes. You had to stay. My mom was like, you are not going to be boy crazy. You're going away to school. You're going to finish. And she was, my husband endured hardness as a good soldier dating me because my mom did not play. And she gave him a hard time that she still says, well, I was just making a man out of you. <laughs> and but, she should though, because you're, she, yeah. you were her daughter and she just yeah. wants to make sure that you had a good foundation, yeah. you know, cause I think as moms, we just kind of want to make sure our kids can fly on their own, you know, no matter what, that, that they can take care of themselves, that they're well-rounded and things like that. And so I, I have to give your mom a, a fist bump for that, for, <laughs> you know, staying on you a little bit, but I really love the story. And so um, obviously you, you went through high school you went to college and um, and you you stayed in touch, obviously. So there wasn't in this story one of the things like, you know, oh, he was my, you know, teenage boyfriend, but then we split paths for a while and then we met up later. This was a continual thing. So you guys are, have been together. Dana, but we did have a break in there. We're like, you know what? Let's just, you know, let's just take a break from each other. But I never really took a break. I don't think, I think he would say the same. We never took a break in our hearts. I tried to date other people and it was just like, first day, no. You know, oh, you just knew, you knew, yeah, right? You just beginning. knew, you just knew, but yeah, we stayed, we stayed together. Oh my goodness. And I guess we'll go back then to the power of prayer. I mean, literally, <laughs> if you're sincere and I think your mom said it best, she's like, is this what you really want? Cause a lot of times we pray, we pray and people say, well, I pray, but what were you as sincere in it? Is it really what you want? Did you think that through? Is it something that you needed God's assistance? to, you know, get you through or help you or help you see or give you a path. And so I think that what's, what's, you know, I'm thinking about is 15 and you really knew I you know this is what I want. And my mom's going to pray with me. And she said, I guess she could see the sincerity and said, Hey, okay, let's pray. And so mm-hmm. I'd love to hear a good power prayer um, story. So, and it's so sweet, yes. you know, so, so <laughs> sweet, the high school sweethearts. Um, so then you get through, you go to college. What was your, what, what was your path of study in college? Um, because obviously you kept going and kept going and kept going. So tell me some of the things that you, you know, you went, you got your bachelor, but what made you keep going and what, what, what was your drive to, to get continu- continually get these degrees that you're getting? Awesome question. Again, I started out, I, you know, I attended Christian high school because that's the first thing my mom did when my dad passed away is put us in private school. Um, and I went to Oral Roberts my first two years and had an incredible experience staying it. Like we, they talk about heaven being paved with the streets of gold. I don't know if you've ever seen like pictures of the Oral Roberts campus. Um, but it was just, you know, it was everything. It was bliss. It was a Christian experience on steroids. However, after my second year, and it was time for my brother to go to school, uh, and I majored in business, uh, business education, because I knew I wasn't definitive on my path. Day not, I was like, I knew I liked the business world, and I knew I liked um, education. So this was the best place to start. Um, and I've always believed in creating options, even young. So I knew that I would have some options there, but 
that's where I am. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do with it. But that's going to give me some options. So that was my path. But after two years, my brother entered college and my mom asked me to pray and says, you know what, your, your brother's entering college. You know, Lane College is a tradition in our family, historically Black institution. Would you um, consider going, you know, there with your brother to be a little lighter on my budget? And although I, I, I believe I remember praying, I think, but the fact that it was going to be lighter on my mom financially was kind of a no-brainer for me. She had made so many sacrifices. So it was just like, sure, you know, yeah, let's, let's make it happen. Really leaving the comfort cushion of Oral Roberts, you're light among lights there. And not to say that Lane was dark, but it was just a different setting. I mean, Lane is, you know, in the heart, um, for lack of a better term, some might call the ghetto within Jackson, Tennessee. I'm not sure that it's the ghetto anymore. I don't even know if the people would term that, so I might even be offended. But for all intents and purposes, they were very different worlds, Dana, but Lane was a world that I needed to round me out because I had been in protective environments. All of my life, basically, you grow up in the church and then you go to this really awesome Christian school where Lane still had a Christian foundation, but it was where the rubber met the road for me in my Christian walk. So I continued my business ed major had phenomenal experience at Lane that I would have never had at Oral Roberts. Um, you know, I was first runner up to Miss Lane my last year. I was student government president. And I really gained a sense of value and love for, um, you know, the black community, my, my own culture. I can't explain it, but I think, you know, like I needed that. I needed to make that stop before I was um, launched into, you know, the world of business and leadership. So Lane is very deep in my roots and it is a family tradition. It's a legacy in our family to attend there and graduate. I hope I answered your questions. <laughs> you did. And it sounds like um, you made you made some concessions so that your mom could make a way for both you and your brother. Um, again, so within you want him to succeed, you want your mom to be okay. And you're you're like, you know what, I can make a way wherever I go. Um, the shocking difference between the schools and how you saw that as a great experience, you know, because sometimes we do have to kind of see everything we have to, you know, we don't want to stay in a bubble our whole life. And sometimes we are, you know, our parents can keep us in that or they'll, you know, shoot us to different places where they think, okay, but you have to be exposed and you have to live life. And it sounds like you had a wonderful experience there. And, um, and look, and it gave you a different um, view, a different approach to things. And it sounds like you got there and were a leader there too. What do you miss runner up to Miss Lane? <laughs> president of, what were you president of the- Student government president. Student government. government. Yeah. So you were there again, leading <laughs> and you know, being a voice and things mm -hmm. like that. So it doesn't, it sounds like this is like a common thread. So no matter where you go, you're going to do and, and make something good of it. Um, and with that foundation that you have, you know, I would say with God on your side, you, you can do anything. So um, you've, you've done that. So you get through school. Um, now, obviously you get to the point where you do a, uh, a doctorate degree. What did you do in the interim? So you went and you got your four year, you had a great time. And do you just delve right into the work world or, you know, how did you kind of keep going in that? Um, I did delve into the work world. I have to tell you, and, and just this little caveat, because I don't want to paint this picture in full disclosure, Dana, I, I attended Lane Sight Unseen. It was a tradition in our family, but I hadn't seen the campus in at least 10 years. And so when my mom dropped me and my brother off, I was like, what did 
you just do? Like, you know, the surrounding areas of the campus. I, I was attitudinal that first day. And I remember my mom dropped us off. She got me settled in my room. She's like, oh, ye of little faith. I was like, <laughs> you stay here. And then you show her faith. But <laughs> so in full disclosure, I want you to know, like I had an attitude at first, but like you said, I was determined I had to make the best of this. And I, I did. Um, so your question was what happened? My last year of college, which is critical, Dana, I was in a very bad vehicle accident with three of my girlfriends. And I was actually slated to cross AKA um, and ultimately decided you know, not to take that path. But these three ladies were um, already sorority members. We had bonded and we had determined we were gonna drive to Thanksgiving dinner. We we're gonna all meet connections in Chicago. My boyfriend, you know, now husband was gonna be there. And we all had family connections in Chicago. Left very early in the morning. Um, you know, in retrospect, you see things differently. We probably should have gotten more sleep. But long story short, um, the driver passed away in that accident. I was thrown from the car and the other two ladies that survived the accident um, sustained injuries as well. So I went through a little bit of a breakdown and full disclosure, um, Dana, you know, to in one moment, see your girlfriend, Monique, um, and she's looking back at you in the car. You know, she would call me Carluli, and then the next minute you're in an elevator and the nurse is telling you, I regret to inform you, but the driver died. So my world like spin, um, and this is my last year of college, um, fun. It, it spun in a way like I had, I had a mental breakdown. Um, so my getting into the report, it took me you know, a few months to find my balance. Um, and I was also at the time asserting my own independence. Um, so, you know, I just, I was just really trying to cope Dana right out of college and I landed sure. at what was called the associates um, which is a division of Ford Motor. I mean, they did mortgage finance and I learned so much from that company, got hired at another company, climbed the ladder really fast. And a year after me and my husband got married, oh, or within weeks or months after we got married in 98, they were relocating me to Indianapolis, Indiana. So we lived there for about seven years. And I told myself I would give myself a year in the job, Dana, because I wasn't, in, I didn't even get to take a honeymoon, <laughs> um, which in retrospect, I would never advise that. Um, but my first year of marriage, I wasn't really enjoying because I was working 70, 80 hours a week. I was like 24 25 years old, managing people who was older than me, a very diverse staff. So you get second guessed from a lot of different angles. Mm, like, I know I, I would it. do that job over just because I owe those people an apology, you know, just from the manager that I was and I've developed into. But I'm thankful that that, you know, trajectory of um, the mortgage finance propelled me. And I, I said, I'm going to do this job a year and I'm going to take off and do something I really want to do. And that's when I went back to aesthetic school um, after I gave that job a year. And then after that, I returned to the mortgage industry, but not in management and then ultimately got into social security. So um, all of that, and you talk about the power of prayer. My life has been a series of answer prayers. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what happened for me. right now. And then once I got my doctor in 2013, my dream was to teach. I thought it would happen like five years down the line. And I got a call sitting at my social security desk from the University of Detroit saying, we want to um, hire you to teach in two weeks. Wow. You know, first, <laughs> first, can I just uh, pause for a second and tell you, um, uh, I'm really sorry to hear about your friend Monique. I know it's been a long time, but I know that never goes away. I, I know I've uh, <clears throat> lost 
um, a, a couple of friends that really um, is hurtful. And so um, I'm so glad you made it through that process. I'm so glad that you, you know, took the time, but I do know that the re to recover from that is, is a lifelong process. Um, mm -hmm. So I just wanted to let you know that. Um, yeah. I, uh -huh. So what I am happy about is that you did come out of that um, and that you have found some success and some joy in pockets. And I'm with you. I, uh, hard chargers as such as ourselves that <laughs> always have to, you know, be getting something done. I, I did the same when I got married. We, we didn't go on a honeymoon. We took a real estate course. <laughs> and I'm like, who does this? And we're like studying and you know, it, yeah. it, it is, um, it, so you start off as a hard charger, like uh, I'm going to keep going. But also what I hear is that sometimes we have some bumps in, some in the road and, you know, each one affects us differently, but it helps build, it helps us build, it helps us build and get to a place where uh, we need to be. And so I think that I'm so happy that even after all of that, you are doing what you love, which is, it sounds like teaching. Yeah. <laughs> um, being a professor and that you have really gotten your, your business going. Um, and also I hear again, you dabbling in, you know, your passion. And I have to say my coming out of high school, I really wanted to be an esthetician. I, I think <laughs> to the day I leave this earth, I'm going to want to be an esthetician. Now, whether I make time for it or not. And my story on that is another day, you know, if I, my father's like, uh, no, um, <laughs> we're not doing that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, I, I love to, I scroll endless pages of people doing beautiful things, makeup and skincare. Be phenomenal. I just, I love it. I love it. So I'm so, I'm so, it's so neat that you, you dabble in that. So we're going to go forward and, um, talk about now, and we're going to talk about the, fact that you advocate for people who are in need of these benefits. And I had uh, some questions. It, so now I know why you started. We have a great foundation for why you're here. Um, mm -hmm. And I, in, in full disclosure to all of, all of our listeners, I said, I, before I heard your story and I didn't know your story to just now, I, I know that you're a pretty conservative woman. And I was like, you know, here we are, you have this organization where you're helping people. And people always say that when someone's conservative or they have conservative beliefs, they're not willing to help and not willing to assist. And this to me, which intrigued me to reach out and say, hey, I need, I want to talk to you and to learn. I, I'm, you are a servant leader at heart and you do want the best. And, and so I'll, I'll leave it there, but that's why I was trying to figure out the story. And um, well, not the only reason, um, but it's right there. Like you just walked us through this amazing story of, you know, resilience and faith and, you know, family that also needed and friends that at, at times were in need. And this is why, this is why you are who you are. And so mm -hmm. I, I'd love the story. Now, some of the information that um, you can share about this process. So you help people um, get their, ben their disability benefits. And I'll have to say that I've got kind of searched and looked up some stats and they're really hard to get. Like, you know, it's somewhere between like 35 and 41% get them right out the gate or the first time they try um, past that paper, first time they submit that paperwork, there's a huge like denial um, 
there. So tell us about this and tell us how you help people. Because I read um, one of the people that said you helped them through, they had brain surgery for a third time and you were very, very helpful. I was reading some of the okay. um, help. And so tell us about this process and tell us why it's so difficult. Awesome. And I'm so impressed with your stat research because we find ourselves as a company, one of our main values is to educate so that someone's better for having gone through the process. I don't want to just get you your money. I want you to have a, be a little bit more informed about the government process. So you're absolutely right. 70% of the people that apply are initially denied, which does create you know, work for myself, which is great um, job security. Um, but they're, they're, that, that's a problem. Um, and a lot of times that people, you know, they say we perish, scripture says we perish for a lack of knowledge. It is simply the lack of knowing um, government bureaucracy and that whole interface can be daunting. It can be intimidating. Um, and I know that. And so I want to be that connector, if you will, uh, for, you know, the average person in the system and bridging the gap and be that voice for them. Um, and I take it very personally, Dana, because you, you, you did touch on that and I'm only going to tap it and then get right back out of it because I know we're not going on the political bit. But that is the misnomer that conservatives get is that we are not passionate about community or minorities or any of that. And that couldn't be further from, from the truth for me. I was raised in the heart of Detroit. I'm a product of Detroit public schools um, through middle school. And I was intentional that when I launched my practice that I wanted it to be a big give back to the city of Detroit who's given me so much. I practice nationally, but my focus is my beloved Detroit, Detroit, the Renaissance city, because the need here is so great. So um, just to tie that in, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we wanna be um, agents of hope. We've nicknamed our disability advocates, the agents of hope, because you know when you figure I can spend anywhere from three to four months with the client. I just closed the case that I was with two of them, five years, Dana, they were stuck in the system, trying to get approved, going through denials, reapplying, appealing. And so I take my work very seriously and, you know, I'm blessed to make a living from it, but I'm not in it for the income. I'm in it for the outcome. It is really getting the people who deserve the benefits, their money. And this is their money, you know, we pay into these systems, mm -hmm. um, social security tax. So um, they do have an arm that is, you know, you know, welfare, but, but that's still taxpayer funded. So it's not like we're fighting for other people's money. We're fighting for money that we've put into the system. And I take that very personally and making sure each client gets treated like family on my end and our success rating, we're really ecstatic is, you know, it fluctuates between 80 and 90% somewhere around there, but we don't play the games that many attorneys, I won't blackball all of them, mm -hmm. um, play, you know, there is, you know, because you're paid on back pay. So it's to someone's advantage to go and say, go get in a, you know, go get denied and come back and see me. No, 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 no. We don't play those games. I'm, my goal is to get you approved first round. If we have to go second and third round, that's one thing. But um, God is my boss and I have to sleep at night. So I can't play those games. And this is, these are people's lives. So I take... If I pop my collar on anything, Dana, with our work is at any given moment, I can have five or six people that are either homeless, sleeping in their car. And, you know, scripture says when you've done it unto the least of, the, of us, of, of, among us, you've done it unto God. And I do take that very seriously. So it is an honor to serve the population of people that I get to serve. 
Well, that's, that's, that's fantastic. And, you know, I know that you serve the Detroit area, but you also say this is national. And so before we close out, I, I want you to give your information um, for your website and, you know, any information you want to give so people can go on and take a look. And I would encourage people to, what are some of the more common disability um disabilities that you have worked with you know what are some of the things that americans are dealing with that they need to apply for these benefits and and receive that help where i i see a big influx um of mental on the rise mental health crisis um being visited upon the people that are applying i can't tell you the number of cases we're getting where there's a bipolar schizophrenia or depression component and it almost always Companies, another a physical disability, um, but another passion of mine um, are are you know felons that are coming you know home out of um, prison. That I mean, I love them, and it and it is that component, the mental you know from being institutionalized for so long. So that is really huge, the mental health piece, and disabilities that are so linked to stress. Like if we can manage stress better. Um, Globally, um, internet, I mean, nationally, it would it would do a lot um, to offset, you know, what we're having to see people in the system for. This is very real, and I know you have an appreciation for this because you're always. I don't know. I look at your page, Dana, and I'm like, she is always somewhere, and I always just feel de-stressed just looking at her page. <laughs> we could find like creative ways, or more inventive ways, to manage our stress in society. I think we'd see less disability cases. So the typical the MS multiple sclerosis. I see a lot of seizures I'm starting to see a lot of and out of nowhere and the young I am amazed at how many young people are now struggling with diseases that were typically um you know quadrant for older populations so yeah we got to wrap up our arms around this stress factor and stress comes in many different forms so it's so interesting you said that <clears throat> my past guest I had and she uh has battled breast cancer um and and she said that her particular type um the root of it was stress um and you know our component of it was stress i don't know enough about cancer to speak on it but she gave us some quick um learning tools in our in our talk but stress she said if she could tell anybody you have to find a way to release it. And she had lived a life full of anxiety and stress and I, you know, the buildup, you know, probably for her body. But um, I think it's very, very important point that you just made that, you know, we really need to figure out as a nation how to, you know, deal with the stress. Um, I also love that you are passionate about reentry. Um, and so, <laughs> I, you know, because it, it really is if we can um, help people re-enter and, be, and become citizens, you know, one, you know, one that you want them to be citizens in, in the community, but two, I think when I think about it, they just, humans and people want to be able to take care of themselves. They want to be accepted. They want to be uh, able to go out and take care of themselves. And sometimes when they re-enter and they're not, or they're put back in a community where it, they can't do it, they don't have the best outcomes. And so, because I know that you've been so successful in, you know, advocating for, 
your 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 space in the disability social security realm i know that if this is something that you put your sights on you will do well at that so i you know i'm going to keep tabs on you because i want to see where that goes i mean <laughs> maybe there's a little seed planet there and i'm i'm going to keep out up with you on that and it doesn't stop there with you i mean you have your your uh organization but then you just um and let me get my notes here because it says that um your love of detroit is 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 very evident and but also your love of the church and so you did an extension of your doctoral dissertation the role of african-american church leadership within the city of detroit and you launched another foundation which is one conscious detroit church foundation and what I found so interesting about that is that you want to you want to unite the citizens of Detroit in varying Christian faiths, you know, so, you know, no matter what, if you're Christian, you're Christian that, you know, the tags are gone, but you want to kind of unite people um, to serve the community and meet the challenge. So tell me a little bit about that, because it, I, I feel like it's a little bit of what you're already, you know, you're helping people, but now you're going to take it over to the church and then tackle some community issues. So not just some of the um, mental health or uh, physical disability issues that we might be struggling with as a nation, but in your community, in your church community, serving the community. And I think a little of the reentry plays into this, but tell me about this organization. Yeah, that um, another passion, if you will, um, I would call it for me, it's like my ministry, what I do with my doctorate. Because <laughs> it's one thing to just say, you know, you have a doctorate, but I, I wanted to do something with it. And after that research, Dana, I got to interview about 16, 17 pastors all over the city of Detroit. Some very well-known names. If I called, you'd know. And some not so well-known names. And what came out of that study, I would literally drive around before I even thought about a doctor at the city and thought, like, we have all this peril here. Detroit has some great things. So we're not all destruction and death, um, like what's on the news. But it, it is, you know, our lot that we have to address in many ways. And I just couldn't get away from we have all these social ills that are being revisited by our city. We're still recovering from the late 1960s riot, Dana. I mean, we still are bouncing back. Um, so it was yeah. just, man, you know. I, I really do believe, you know, being a person of faith, um, that God is the answer. And if, and if God is the answer, then how are we extending that faith, that belief, that hope in God? How, how do we as Christians extend that to community to make our world better? That's just what it comes down to me for, for me, Dana. So I was like, you know, no better institution than the church. Let's start there, you know, because I think we have the greatest responsibility. I've been very passionate about that. And that's a whole nother bent, but coming back, after I interviewed these pastors, my findings led me to very fragmented. We have all these factions in the institution of the church, um, even selfish aspiration, if you will. And I was a part of it, so I'm including myself. And it kept us from serving community because we were so disjointed. You've got missionary Baptists over here doing their thing. You've got apostolic temple over here doing their thing. You've got and if we would just come together, we could solve this crisis or make a dent in it. And it was just, um, it was enlightening, Dana, but it was very grieving to me. Oh, hey, God, what can I do with this? I've got this degree. I made this study. Here are my findings. What do I do with this, Lord? And it was a lot of tears, a lot of prayer again. And for me, it was just the start. Let me just do something to start in my corner of the world um, with One Conscious Detroit Church Foundation. 
which is, you know, unifying, putting boots on the ground together of varying faith. Never mind you believe this, never mind you, your theology says this, but we can unite. My mom always taught me if you can unite on Jesus, everything else will work itself out. So that's how that came about. And I'll be honest with you, Dana, I, I expected people just to come rallying in. Foolish, idealistic of me. There's still a, a great big faction that keeps us divided. So we just do, we've just started doing things simply. We started out having prayer in the park downtown on the river walk for once a month. But the pandemic came, it put a halt to things. But we're revving back up and we're planning to get on the bus and share Christ um, with the community and one, each one reach one, one at a time. And that's where we are. And those who want to come, you know, of the faith family, I call it, and participate. But many weekends, it's me and my family. And it's all good, Dana. <laughs> We've been able to do some incredible things. Um, we pay for people's gas. We, we had a family not too long ago that had um, water in their basement. And I heard really clearly that I was supposed to help this family. And we were able to put them up in a hotel for a few days while they worked things out. So it's just identifying the needs, seeing who wants to partner with us and making a difference in our community that way. Wow. I mean, that mm -hmm. is great. And don't you worry about it being small because, oh, you know, <laughs> so is a mustard seed, right? So you, it will, it will grow. And um, if you're faithful and consistent and that's with everything um, in life. And so uh, I really, really appreciate you, you doing that because there is a disconnect and, you know, in the, in the faiths and things like that. And it, it, it's nice if we can get some unity and, and work together because like as it grows in the numbers, we'll be able to just touch so many more people and not just your, your individual group or audience and things like that. And, and when you talk about Detroit, uh, I went many, many years ago, my girlfriend, um, her grandmother lived there. And I remember we did a road trip and went to see her there and um, we had a blast and, and yes, and there were, and we rode around and there were areas there that were, you know, just, it's so sad to see, but then she just sent me uh, a picture the other day of the house where grandmother, where we went and stayed and it's turned into a beautiful, like Airbnb, like breakfast, um, breakfast, uh, what do you call it? Bed and breakfast place. And she sent like the link and all the pictures. And I was like, oh my goodness. So to me, that's hope. I mean, that's yes. hope. And so uh, I really was just happy to see that. Um, so when you say that, hey, it's not, it's not all, I know because I've seen, okay. some, I've seen some of the growth and um, yeah. uh, I also, my first guest, no, 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 she's in Indianapolis area. Indianapolis. I think she was in Indianapolis, but anyway, but yes, no. Um, so anyway, I am just in awe of all the things uh, that you have done and you are able to do and that I know you will continue to do. And I appreciate you just talking to me and talking to me about your life and, and, and how you came to be Dr. Carletta. And I have really enjoyed your story. Um, before we end, I'm going to tell everybody that uh, you have your passions and your values and they fall into these categories. And so we want everybody to listen to this category, these categories and pick, pick some out and <laughs> let's join in the fun. Carletta is very passionate about faith, family, freedom, fun, and fitness. And as you can see, listening to her life, having those things as our core have helped her to not only be resilient, but to also create 
but also serve and find you know joy in some of the moments. So I really appreciate our time to that today, Carletta, and um, we'll be in touch because I, I I would love to see how the business is going, and I would love to see how your 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 newest endeavor to kind of um, unify. Uh, the faith groups in your area goes. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Dana. And I have to say coach Dana, because if this was the gift that keeps on giving, just I'm having opportunity to have this discussion with you as therapeutic. Um, And you're called to me to remain faithful and consistent. That was the coach. So I appreciate the coach emerging for me today. Thank you. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) That's awesome. Good feedback for me. And before (laughs) we sign off, tell people what your website, um, and where they can get information on your organization. Okay. Well, I have to, um, again, pop my collars as a member, as the winning or member of the year for the NADAR, National Association of Disability Reps. We're revamping our website because I wanted it to be more of a standard worthy of the member of the year. However, if you go there, it'll direct you um, our Facebook page, Dominion Disability Advocates. Um, DominionDisability.com is our website. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and we'd love to chat. Even if you just have questions, we'd love to answer any questions you have. That's fantastic. So everyone take a look and send your questions in. She's there to help. Carletta, thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too, Dana. Love you.